0: And today we're going to be carrying on really in the story in the Bible from where we were last week. Last, last Sunday was Easter Sunday, and we were reflecting and celebrating Jesus' resurrection. And um, if you've got a Bible, we're going to carry on in a kind of a what happened next kind of way. John chapter 20, um, verse 16. The scene is that um, Jesus has risen. His friend Mary Magdalene has um, encountered Jesus in the garden, but she thinks it's the gardener until it says, Jesus said to her, Mary, and she, she recognised him. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And she said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to, to my God and to your God. Mary went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and, and his sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Um, and, And these are the words that I really want to focus on today. Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You know, it's amazing when you look at the other gospel stories, Matthew, Mark and Luke, they all depict similar accounts of these incredible scenes where Jesus' friends got to encounter the risen Jesus. And each time In the conversations, they received this instruction from him. Now you've seen me. Now go and tell. Go and tell others about it. In Matthew 28, verse 10, Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And then a few verses later, he he gathers his, his, his followers and he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. In Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And this is really what I want to focus on today. Um, this, this, um, this idea that as followers of Jesus, we are sent by him. Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you to go and tell the good news about Jesus, that he's alive, that he's risen, that his kingdom um, is here. And if you were here last week in the evening at the 7 p.m. service, Dave was talking about the resurrection. And I think he made a really interesting point that... that um, If you read on into the Bible, into the book of of Acts, and hear the stories of what these followers then got up to, um, it's amazing how when, what's clear is that when Jesus said go, they went. They they went. Um, And Dave talked about the way that they fearlessly and resolutely travelled from place to place, and they told people about Jesus, despite the persecution that they subsequently faced. And when you look at that situation, just purely on a kind of a, like a logical, rational level, the best explanation for the extraordinary commitment they had, it must be that something happened that changed their perspective. Something happened between Good Friday and Sunday that changed everything for them. Because when you look at their lives, the risks they took, the fact they were willing to die for this story, the thing that makes most sense is that they actually believed it was true. And I think it's interesting to apply this, that same logic, to apply it sort of like in reverse to us, to our own lives. If we believe in Jesus, if we believe the stuff that's in this book, if we believe that he rose from the dead, then the thing that would make most sense in light of that, the thing that would kind of logically flow out of that belief is that we too would want to go and tell others about him, wouldn't it? It's kind of a no-brainer. No and yet this area, this, this area of sharing our faith is, is one where many of us as disciples of Jesus, we don't find it easy, do we? Um, and I would be the first to admit that myself. I wish I was better at sharing my faith and more confident than I am. But sometimes I, I, I struggle to kind of do this. And I'm personally familiar with, with all the excuses that most of us are, you know, like the excuses like... Um, that, that, that we're so busy, aren't we? I am super busy. And this is one of the reasons why I'm not so great at sharing my faith, that I'm always busy. And the reason that I'm busy is I'm too busy doing the Lord's work um, with my job, which is kind of ironic, isn't it, when you think about it? The other day, my dad was chatting to me, and he said, oh, what are, you, what are you up to tonight? And I said, oh, we're having some friends around. And he went, right, friends from church? And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, have you got any friends who aren't from church? <laughs> And it took me a while to answer that question, and it actually prompted Abby and I to have a conversation about it, and we, you know, got our diary out and made a bit of space for, you know, to, to, to hang out with some other people. <laughs> Another excuse, um, sharing, our, sharing our faith with Jesus can be a scary thing to do, can't it? It can be intimidating. The other day, I was cycling along the road, and I saw this, this guy limping, and as I saw him, I thought, oh, he probably could do with some prayer, um, but then I sort of, like, looked at him, and I wasn't quite sure, so I sort of cycled on past him, and then I felt, oh, oh no, I've got to go back, so I turned around, and I sort of psyched myself up, and I went to offer to pray for him, and as soon as I did, his face lit up, and he said, oh, that would, be, that would be great, I would love you to pray, thank you, thank you for stopping, and we got chatting, and we prayed, not just about that, but about other stuff that was going on in his life, I don't know what I was so scared of. But then, similarly to my shame, I can also think of a, another situation recently where I saw this guy coming down the street with a very severe disability. And in my heart, I really wanted to stop and pray for him. But I bottled it, if I'm honest, because I think I was intimidated by his condition. I just didn't even know how to begin the conversation. Sometimes we're sent, but we don't go because we're scared that people will think we're weird or that people will come across as like zealous or over super spiritual or something. My my wife, Abby, she recalls how for years into his retirement, her granddad used to go into Market Square, you know, stand alongside the street preacher there and hand out tracks with, um, about Jesus and shout hallelujah and stop people and try and have conversations with people as they're walking on by. And she remembers one occasion he stopped a whole class of school children on their way to a school trip to the museum to tell them about Jesus. And she knows that that happened because she was one of the children in that (laughs) class. (laughs) Granddad. But although she had some explaining to do to her friends, she reflects, my granddad, and no doubt many of the street preachers have a strong and heartfelt conviction to be good servants. He didn't just want to look like a Christian, he wanted to actually be one. And more recently, having lived with granddad for the last four months, because he lives in our house half the week, said, I can see how this pours out of him into his 90s. He spends his day reading God's word and going around saying hallelujah, which is true. (laughs) I love it. Now, I'm not saying to be um, obedient. We need to all necessarily leg out and go and be street preachers in Market Square, although maybe some of us do. But the point I'm kind of making here." is that if Jesus is risen, if Jesus is Lord, if we really believe that, if we really believe all this stuff is true, then street preaching makes way more sense than doing nothing, doesn't it? Because it's got to look like something. If Jesus is risen and he says, as the Father sent me, now I am sending you, then we have to respond to that in some way. It has to look like something. John Wimber used to say, you know, um, use this analogy of like, imagine if you went on a, Um, a skydiving course, and you sat through lessons on how to do skydiving, and you learn all the theory, and then at the end of it, the instructor gives you a certificate, and he says, congratulations, you are now a skydiver. Eventually, somebody's going to put their hand up and say, but shouldn't we jump out of a plane at some point? There was a study a few years ago by the um, Evangelical Alliance where they asked practicing Christians to comment on this following statement. It is every Christian's responsibility to talk to non-Christians about Jesus. I don't know what you think about that statement, but apparently less than half of the Christians that responded thought that was true and agreed with that strongly, 45%. And this is something that actually the Bible's really clear about. Jesus said, peace be with you, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. He said, go, Go and tell. And it says in John 20, verse, chapter 20, verse 22, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This instruction that he gave to his disciples um, that he now gives to us, we are given that instruction, but, but filled with the same spirit. The Holy Spirit goes with us, empowering us to do this. And everyone gets to be part of this. You know, um, it might be that you're thinking, well, I'm not sure if that applies to me because I'm new to faith. Or it might be that, you know, you're unsure about your faith and you're thinking, I'm not sure I've got enough faith to share for myself, let alone enough to share with other people, or I've got questions of my own. I would say that even the fact that you're in that place, the fact that you're on that journey, the fact that you're here today is something that's worth sharing. And God has a way of using each and every one of us to share the good news about Jesus. So it's an all play so how do we do this? How, what does it look like in practice? You know, if we're being sent, where is he sending us to and to whom? And, 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 and what's the best way of sharing our faith? Is there a sort of a, an ideal tactic? And um, if we're asking that question, I want to suggest that maybe there's a bit of a clue in, 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 this, in these words that we're looking at. As the Father sent me, said Jesus, I am sending you. The same way that the Father sent Jesus, Jesus is now sending us. So it kind of begs the question, well, how did, how did the Father send Jesus? And I'm I kind of really teeing that question up because I think it's really interesting. If you look through um, John's Gospel, this language of being sent crops up over and over again. Jesus talks frequently about, about not just the fact that he's been sent, but also the way that he's been sent by the Father. So there's a few different ones I'm going to highlight. For example, um, Jesus says, I have been sent to do the Father's will. In John 6:38, "I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me," says Jesus. He says, "I have been sent to tell people, to proclaim. Um, in chapter 12, verse 49, he says, "I do not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken." Jesus explained that he'd also been sent to to do God's will and demonstrate the gospel, sorry, to, to demonstrate the kingdom in his actions. John 4, verse 34, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And through all of this, Jesus talked about the way that he had been sent to win salvation and a path to new life in God's kingdom for all who believe. John 3, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So sort of summarizing all of these things, Jesus was sent to do the Father's will by proclaiming, by telling people about the kingdom, by demonstrating it also in his actions, so that people might respond to that. And it responds to that invitation to accept salvation and a life in his kingdom. So in terms of how do we do it, how have we been sent? Well, basically, it's exactly the same. We've been sent, as the Father sent Jesus, he sent us. We are sent to act in obedience, to tell people about Jesus, to demonstrate it with our actions, so that people have the opportunity to respond to that message. That's a great description, I think, of of how we're sent. And I think what you'll notice about that is that that that, that definition leaves quite a bit of wiggle room, doesn't it? In terms of like exactly what it looks like in practice. The who, the when, the what, and all the techniques. It really, I think, depends on the circumstances, the situations, the people. Um, It can look different for different people. I'm just going to share a few examples of that. think about a lady called Zara. Zara, you might have heard her sharing her story when she got baptised. She was born into a religious Muslim family just over a couple of years ago. Um, She'd reached a point in her life where it was really in a mess. Her husband that she'd been forced to marry um, had abandoned her. She had been deported from one nation to another. And she was at a place where she she needed medication just to sleep. She said, I even thought about taking my own life, but I stopped because of my children. In the house we were living, there were two Christian women who went to church every week Without me realising, they were praying for me and my children. And their prayers started making a difference and my health improved. When I found out that people from a completely different religion were praying for me, I was amazed and I felt very happy. They asked me to go to church with them. And uh, she explains that at first she refused. um, But then Jesus appeared to her in a dream. And so she responded to that invitation and she began a journey that led to faith. And she got baptised here last year. Well, I think about a chap called Michael. Now, Michael had a colleague at work who had been praying and psyching themselves up to invite two colleagues um, to the Alpha course here at church. And the funny thing is um, that Michael wasn't actually one of those two colleagues, but he just happened to be like within earshot on the day that that friend was inviting those two people. And the, the way I heard the story, it was almost like as an afterthought. They turned to Michael and said, oh, by the way... you'd be be welcome too. Which, not exactly textbook evangelism, is it? You know, it's kind of... But Michael responded to that invitation. And an Alpha course and a First Steps course later. Uh, Michael was then, ended up helping that colleague lead a table on the First Steps course. And when somebody on the table said, there is no way I'd get baptised given the stage that I'm at at that point, Michael replied, that's exactly what I said. And I got baptised. Think about um, a lady who's part of this church, Precious. Um, Just shortly after she joined the church, she bumped into um, a homeless guy in the street who was asking for, for some food or money, and she helped him. But she also suggested that he might get more help at a place at her church called the Arches, and she managed to get him on a tram, and she helped him find his way here and invited him along to church, and he came to church. So many stories. I think about my own story I can still remember the first night that I arrived at university here in Nottingham and I met my roommate for the year and he was this overbearing, intense, weird, super spiritual Christian and the first opportunity that he got, he started this super intense banging on about Jesus conversation with me and I tried to sort of bat him off a little bit and I said, oh, that's... that's, that's great for you, but for me personally, I don't feel like I need to read the Bible or go to a church or anything to sort of have a faith. And I remember he looked me in the eye and he said, you're absolutely wrong about that. And he said, uh, and he said don't think for a moment that I haven't been put here next to you to help you find your way to God. It was super weird, super intense. But he was less worried about coming across as weird and just more worried about being obedient to the fact that he sensed that he was sent. And I'm so glad that he did because he's absolutely changed my life. Loads of different stories, different circumstances, but you notice one thing in common in all these situations, somebody was sent and they realised they were sent and they were obedient and they stepped out and they took a risk and a life was transformed as a result. So where and to whom... Is God sending you? How are you going to respond? I mentioned Alpha um, in that story and one thing you might want to do is is invite somebody to the Alpha course that the guys were talking about a moment and actually we're gonna hear a little video from Jess she's gonna share some of her experience of inviting people.
1: Hi I'm Jess and I just wanted to share what motivates me to invite people onto the Alpha course. For me, it's the potential for God to do something life-changing through that invitation. When I was at university, before I became a Christian, a friend of mine invited me onto the Alpha course. And some of the things I discovered on that course, like what Jesus has done for me, have had a lifelong impact. Probably the worst thing that can happen when you invite someone is that they say, no, thank you. I can't count the number of times that my Christian friends invited me to things and I said no. But I'm so glad that they persisted I'd say cast your net wide. I know someone on the Alpha course who was invited by someone who they were buying a house from. I've spoken to complete strangers in Market Square who've been interested in trying Alpha. So I'd definitely say, think about all the people that you are in contact with in your day-to-day life, your, your friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, anyone, and get inviting.
0: Great job, Jess. And um, one of the things that I, you know, struck me listening to that is, is sometimes one of the reasons why we don't invite people is because we just think they'll say no. But I'd really encourage you not to say people's no for them. Um, and also not to be afraid of a no. You know, the reality is that as the kingdom expands and advances, some people will say no. People said no to Jesus. That didn't mean that he wasn't doing the will of the Father and the parable of the sower, if you remember that, it just that shows us the dynamic that, yes, there will be people who respond and there will be people that say, no, it's not a bad thing um, in terms of we're still being obedient. I heard a story about a guy who was asked to lead an alpha course in his community in a church in um, Liverpool. And uh, he was a bit worried about, you know, getting people along. And so he went to his pastor um, for some advice and he said, I'll tell you what, Why you stop worrying about how many people are going to come and just see if you can ask people until you've got 10 no's. And once you've done that, then, you know, you can say, I've, I've tried my very best. So if we're going to get a no, let's hear it from that person rather than the voice in our head that tells us it won't work. Um, because sometimes, you know, we, we can be like, oh, should I, shan't I, but the potential... actually accepting that invitation and being sent into that. Uh, There was a lady called Ruth who's part of this church who, back in 2019, she was exactly in this situation where she was listening to a talk like this and she found herself wondering, umming and ahhing about whether to invite her friend Karen. She said, "Um, you know, I really wasn't sure. I'd got to know Karen through our daughter's friendship but I didn't know how she would react, and I didn't want to come across as weird. So when she eventually decided she was going to send this message, she said, um, she said I did it during the talk, so I didn't change my mind, before I changed my mind. And then um, Karen replied to say that she would come, and so she was amazed. Flipping over to Karen's reflection of the story, she said, When I first read that text, my first reaction was just to reply, No, I'm all right, I don't need that, thanks. But I felt something stop me. And I found myself texting back, yes, okay then. And then Karen then went on this amazing journey of exploring faith, finding faith in Jesus in the midst of a really difficult time in her own life with significant health challenges in her family. Um, But then moving on and finding community and purpose in the life of the church. Um, She and her husband were here serving on a team this morning and she reflects, at the start of Alpha, I was definitely the one in the group that said, hold on a second, do you really believe that Jesus was real? But now throughout each day, I ask Jesus to use me how he wants and to give me the words and the patience to support others. I really do believe that Jesus is real now because I've experienced him in my life and I know that he loves me and he died for me. And she says, I I can't believe I almost said no, this has changed my life. So one thing might be to just invite somebody today. It could change their life. Another thing you might be interested in is engaging in something that's coming up soon, um, some share your faith training. Um, There's An an, email has gone out to all the small group leaders in in the life of the church this week to let you know that the, the street evangelism team are planning to put on some training where if you want to come along, you can sign up and they will take a... Take us out as small groups and we'll get some training and go out and have a go at this together. So if you're interested in that, have a word with your small group leader and there's a link on the screen where you can find out more information. Maybe God's inviting you to do that or, or one of those two things, inviting somebody Alpha, getting some training to go out on the street. But of course, the thing that I'm talking about today is so much bigger than just those two things. It's about this holistic commission that Jesus has given us. As followers of him, we have been sent As the Father sent Jesus, he's now sending us today and this week out those doors to share the good news, the message of Jesus and his kingdom. Through sharing um, our words, but also demonstrating it in our actions with love and compassion and generosity, we're to give people invitations and an opportunity to respond, to encounter him. So let's pray that we would see God's kingdom break in in the personal encounters with our friends and our family and whoever God puts in our path. As the father sent Jesus, he is sending us. And this really is a matter of obedience. It's a matter of obedience. Um, Jesus told a story about a father who had two sons and he asked them both to go and help in the vineyard that he had. And one said, yes, I'll go, but he never went and did it. And the other one said, no, I'm not going to do it. And he eventually went and did it. And I suppose hypothetically, the ideal thing would have been to say, yes, I'll do it and go and do it. But I think the point that Jesus was making, or part of the point, was that the one who definitely didn't do his father's will was the one who said, yes, 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 I'll do it, and never got round to it. A bit like the one who you know, came to church and sang songs about it and, and you know, really agreed with it, but then never got round to it. Or the one who stood on a platform and told stories about it, but then was too scared to actually do it himself. As Jesus sends, as the Father sends Jesus, he has sent us, filled with the same spirit that that, that empowered those disciples to to courageously go and do this, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So we've got nothing to be fearful about. So, what are we going to do? Are we going to come here every week? and collect skydiving certificates? Or are we going to go and jump out of a plane at some point? Who is the Lord sending you to this week?